This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all the things that make our city a great place to live, work, and play. Today's host is the Community Engagement Director at LKLD Now, a community-supported local news organization dedicated to cultivating civic engagement in Lakeland through freely accessible, locally-driven news. She's a graduate of George Washington University in Washington, D.C., and serves on the boards of Lakeland Vision and Pace Center for Girls. Please welcome your host, Trinity Lorino. Welcome to the good life. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Trinity Lorino, and it's great to be hosting this month's episode of Listen Lakeland. This show is an extension of Lakeland Vision. For over two decades, Lakeland Vision has been a voice for the citizens of Lakeland, working with community stakeholders to create a bright future for our city. And today, I think I have a great show for you guys. Um, I Usually on this show, we talk to notable people around town who are doing newsworthy things. And today, I am turning the tables on actual newsmakers here in Lakeland. I have three of our best local journalists to really talk about the role of local news and the changes that they've seen in the media landscape and how they um, seek to really inform our community. So joining me today, and the other thing that I think is so great about this group is they actually represent different forms of media too. So first, I am joined um, by my own publisher at Lakeland Now, a veteran of the print news news media and a pioneer of digital media, Barry Friedman from Lakeland Now. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, I am also joined with Len Erickson, who you can often hear on uh, on Hall Communications, WLKF, uh, and, and Mayhem in the AM, Len Erickson. No stranger to these microphones. No, thank you for asking me. <laughs> and also from... Uh, I'm joined by uh, Stacy De Silva from uh, WFLA. She is the Polk County reporter for News Channel 8. Thank you all for being here. Hello. Uh, so my first question really for everybody, and we'll kind of go around the room, is really how did you get started and what brought you to Lakeland? And Barry, of course, I'm going to start with you because you are our veteran in the room here. So tell us about how you first got started in journalism and how you ended up here in Lakeland. Oh, gosh. I got started in journalism because when I was growing up, probably the two favorite subjects I had in school and the things I thought I was best at were uh, current events, you know, social sciences in general, and uh, in writing slash English. Um, And that was just a great way to put them together. When I was a freshman at the University of Florida, there was a really big controversy that ended up getting the school newspaper thrown off campus and that was pretty exciting. I became a uh, staff writer at the paper that spring and still doing it, I don't know, 40 some odd years later. So, uh, As far as coming to Lakeland, my first job out of uh, college was um, at the Tampa Times where I was a reporter for a couple of years and then uh, I was on the city desk for five years. I started looking around to go somewhere else, and I was recruited at the uh, the Ledger City Editor. Uh, at the Ledger, I was city editor, features editor, news editor, and I founded the Ledger.com back in the mid '90s, and uh, did that till 2014, and uh, left the Ledger and started Lakeland now. And Len, you actually started off in the military, am I right? I did. I, I never really thought about uh, going into journalism or being a broadcaster. Uh, the only thing that ever happened 
when I was a teenager is when I would call up my best friend's house, his mom would say, oh, Leonard, you have such a nice voice. You should be on the radio. And that kind of stuck in the back of my mind. I never really thought about it. And then when I was in the Army, I got the opportunity to become a broadcast journalist. And her voice immediately popped into my mind. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do this. And uh, I took the voice audition, and they accepted me to the school. And uh, then I was a broadcast journalist in the Army. And you started off in in Korea, correct? Yeah, well, that's where I was stationed. Uh, A broadcast journalist in the States don't really have a whole lot to do because (laughs) they already have broadcast journalists here. So we're basically the military version of uh, broadcasters are to serve the troops. Mm -hmm. So as far as coming to Lakeland, um, I was working at News Channel 8 as a part-time editor. I had interned there with the photogs. Then they needed a full-time photographer in Lakeland. So I applied and got the job, and that's how I ended up in Lakeland. That was 1998. 1998. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And Stacy, you are kind of the newcomer here to this group. Um, how long have you been in Lakeland now? I've been here two and a half years. You, and you are a representative from television journalism. How did you get started in that? Well, I think in about fourth or fifth grade, we did like a newscast in the classroom, right? And everyone gets a different role. And I was given the news anchor role. And I don't know if it just kind of sets you on a path or something, but then you start looking at colleges and that's what you want to do. And that's just what happened. I went to broadcast journalism school at Emerson College in Boston. I'm from Massachusetts. I always tell people I love Tom Brady longer than anyone else here has. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to college in Boston. I worked in Sioux City, Iowa for three years. Mm -hmm. That was my first job at KCAU. From there, I moved to Burlington, Vermont. I worked there nearly six years at WFFF. And then the company that owns that station bought um, WFLA. And a job opened up. My family lives in Florida. And that's why I'm here. And I love it. Well, we, again, I think we are so lucky to have you guys as part of our community here. Now, Barry, you've been here, you've been in Lakeland the longest now. What changes have you seen in our, you know, in our local news ecosystem here? How much time do you have? (laughs) Still quite a bit, actually. I'm still Um, (laughs) dealing with the fact that you created the ledger.com. Wow, I didn't know that. I did that. Yeah, yeah. So I, there are a lot of changes. I mean, when I started at the Ledger, pretty much our main tools were words and black and white photos. There were a few color photos, but because of the technology, on a typical day, we would have maybe a, two color photos to, to uh, choose from. It took AP about 30 to 40 minutes to transmit color. So um, things have changed a lot in terms of the tools we have available. I mean, obviously, with digital, we have multimedia graphics and audio and video and um, a lot of photography obviously we are very uh, photo and image rich I would like to say at at Lakeland now. Uh, As far as the number of news outlets I've seen quite a bit of shrinkage really over the years and let me go back to when I was a reporter at the uh, at the Tampa Times that was the evening paper that was owned by the Tampa Tribune my beat was covering the county commission, and I would go to a meeting, and there were seven or eight reporters there. Um, Tom Palmer, who I worked with at the Ledger for many years, tells me about when he was the editor of the Haines City Herald in the late 1970s. And you would go to a Haines City City Commission meeting, and there were, I think he said, seven reporters there. Um, now, I imagine if you went to their meetings, most often there's probably zero reporters. If something really big is happening, a ledger reporter might be there. So it just kind of shows how um, 
as the news as the business model has changed, um, we see a just a shrinking of the the number of outlets. So that's probably the biggest change. Yeah, and uh, for those who are listening, Stacy is nodding her head along to this. Stacy, do you want to elaborate? What is it like from the TV side? Are you seeing the same kind of shrinkage and? Well, what I what struck me that he said is just the the change in how we cover very local stories. Mm-hmm. We have to have stories that appeal to the entire market, mm-hmm. and so we have to have stories that people in Pinellas County will care about. And but that is so valuable to have seven reporters at a Haines City Commission meeting because it's holding people accountable. It's doing the work, and that's how things kind of fo- can fall through the cracks. And I you hate to see that happen. So you report from Polk County for you know WFLA, which is a Tampa-based station. How big then is that market when you say that they has to appeal to the entire market? It is the 11th or 12th largest market in the country. And it's the largest market wow. in Florida. Wow. So we have, I don't even, I should know, but I don't know how many <laughs> counties, but Sarasota, Manatee, Hardy Highlands, up to Citrus and Hernando County. So um, we cover a lot, and so we have to have stories that appeal to everybody, you know, not just the people here. But that, mm-hmm. that, those are the people that I care about because I live here, I work with these people, I, I cover these people, but you have to have the story that appeals to everybody. Do you have a sense of how many reporters are covering uh, from, from the television news station? How many cover uh, Polk County on a regular basis? Yes, there is uh, Fox 13 has a dedicated Polk County reporter. Bay News 9 has a dedicated um, Polk County reporter. And ABC does as well. That's that's good to hear. It's yeah. good to hear that <laughs> yes. we're still we're still making the news even mm-hmm. in the Tampa market. Um, that's new because when I was here, it was only thirteen and eight. Wow. It was only Fox thirteen and News Channel eight were the only ones that had dedicated reporters in Polk County. Right. Really, and that was yeah. nineteen ninety eight. Well, okay. the amount of people in Polk County is yeah. growing, so I think that's that the true. stations are seeing value and having people in this county see themselves on television, see the mm. stories that matter to them. But, you know, unfortunately, we're seeing fewer reporters covering the entire county. Uh, at one point, when I was at the ledger, we had 98 people in the newsroom. I don't know the exact number now, but I think it's around 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a lot fewer people, a lot fewer um, legs on the street watching out to see what's going on. And I think it's probably a bigger effect on some of the smaller communities. I think Lakeland is still pretty much a center of the coverage, but if you're in, I don't know, Lake Wales, Auburndale, Haines City, I just don't think there's the kind of coverage there used to be. Probably definitely true of Winter Haven. At one point, Winter Haven was so important to the ledger, they had about eight reporters there, and we kind of felt like second-class citizens in Lakeland for a while. (laughs) And now there's nobody, as far as I know, stationed full-time in Winter Haven. Mm. So this sort of leads to the question, what do you think the impacts of the community are? I mean, the the point of Lakeland Vision, to bring this back to why we're, we're hosting this show, is to really connect community stakeholders, you know, um, to enact what the people of Lakeland see for its future. And I think, you know, local news can play such an important role with that. But if our local news is being under-resourced, that's going to ultimately have an effect on the quality of the stories, the amount of stories, and how much you know news is really produced, and how and how well informed the community is. I I think a lot of that uh, goes to all the digital sources that are available now. Um, even some people use Twitter for their news. Um, I was horrified the first time I heard that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Anybody can type whatever <laughs> they want on there. Uh, you know, it, people look to that for the, for the news and. Uh, of course, that puts uh, people like us, 
I was like, you don't need a that much anymore, do you? Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, part of it. It's uh, it's the digital, the growth of digital and online. People can go, you know, find things immediately because of all the digital sources that they have. Well, you know, picking up on that, uh, one of the reasons that I started Lakeland now was the realization that a lot of people felt that if something was going on in Lakeland that was important, they were going to see it on Facebook. And I think that's a pretty inefficient way to, to get your news. So I wanted to create a news uh, source that would uh, put all the credible news about Lakeland together in one place and um, make it accessible to people free of charge, uh, easily accessible on mobile, and um, connect people with the commun- community that way with uh, yeah, verifiable news. Because mm-hmm. this really does get what Len was saying, this gets into this issue of misinformation when everybody can act as their own mini broadcaster, you know, through YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whatever social media platform yeah. they want. How do you find quality, verifiable news? And I think that's the role that journalists still have to play. So I guess the question then is, how does how does that access change your approach to reporting? Then. And like Stacy, do you feel like you have to maintain a certain social media presence as well? Yes, and I'm not great at it because <laughs> I like probably so many people find it pretty toxic. You post something and you don't realize you're going to get this kind of reaction to it. Or I was attacked relentlessly a couple months ago when um, there were some people in Lakeland who were arrested tied to the January 6th riot, and we kind of saw it on Facebook because I follow crime watch pages on Facebook, and people were posting about it who live in that neighborhood. And all of a sudden, this Twitter army, because we were there at the raid, felt like the FBI tip us, tipped us off and, you know, accusing us of working with the FBI when really I was just following my community. And, you mm-hmm. know, all that to say that I, I don't love social media. I don't think, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it, there are great parts to it. Like, for example, I was thinking when we were talking about the Haines City commission and not cut we can look at those online now mm-hmm. i can if if i feel like something comes out of it i can look it up later and and watch what happened or i can watch it live you know so that there are some good things but um social media is a dumpster fire oh it is and but but <laughs> and there's Lakeland now has a facebook page yes mayhem exactly. in the am has a right. facebook page channel eight has a facebook page yeah you play the game so mm-hmm. for better or worse in yeah. this environment and in this community facebook is pretty important and that's really one of our biggest means of distributing our our news mm-hmm. which i think that's a response to the community right and, i mean and, having a facebook page right and the because other, that's where they're yeah. looking and all the other different uh, organizations around the community do have their own Facebook pages or their websites, and they don't probably feel as um, tied to, to using traditional media to get their, their message out. They can get it out on their own. So I think the consumer has to be aware of who is the origin of the information they're seeing online and if exactly. that's a credible source. So, you know, if if a local, well-known local organization like Visti, for example, is posting online, you can probably think it's pretty going to be credible. If it's a political post by somebody you've never heard of before and you check them out and there's really not much background on them, you might want to be a little skeptical. Uh Yeah, I I don't know how many times I've said credible source on my radio show because you would have people uh, call the show and and say, uh, 
whatever they say. And I would ask, what is your source for that? And then they would give me some website that they had been on. And, and I said, well, did you find it on any other website than just that one? And uh, most of the time it's no. Right, right. So I don't look at anything until I find it on Associated Press or Reuters or UPI, you know, credible news sources. You, that's, I mean, as, as a journalist, that's really how we have to operate. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the idea of credible news sources though is up for debate i guess nowadays and they think if it is a credible news source then it's not credible and i think people have to realize especially with local news mm-hmm. we're in your community we're here we're not we don't have any other people paying us it's not like that we're here in your community we're the local journalists and please trust us well i think and that's one of the reasons one of the reasons why i like being part of a local news organization is because i feel like local news is the place where we can start reconnecting as a community and kind of combat some of the hyper partisanship that happens because so much of our reporting is not it has no partisan bent to it you know when we're talking about things like building heights in lake morton you know and whether those should be approved you know and so it, it's so very very local like the news that that we cover at lakeland now that you know it, it tends to bring people together rather than you know push people into their different partisan corners um, and i think that's that's part of the role that we play within the community but i'd love to hear from len and and stacy and say you know kind of how you feel like your role is as as that reporter you guys are coming out of broadcast which i also think i'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here for a second but i also think that's really interesting the whole idea of a credible reporter because i think one of the people people outside the industry don't know that broadcasters are held to a different standard than everyone else mm. because you are the place where there is actual regulation that you know you have a broadcast license and you use you know centrally a public resource which are the airwaves and in order to have that license you then have to like you know you have to file for that license and you have to be able to prove that you provide a certain amount of public good right we have to serve the community that's a uh the main reason for having a license, really. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why we do uh, public affairs shows and, and, and things like that to uh, serve the community. But listening to what people say and, and trying to get the correct information out there, and it doesn't matter what you say these days, somebody's going to think you're lying. Somebody's going to say, oh, you made that up or you have an agenda, um, especially journalists these days. People don't trust journalists anymore. And the journalists are the watchdogs. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the ones who look at government and say, this is what they're doing. We don't get to say whether it's right or wrong, but we get to show you what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you get to make up your mind. And we're so polarized these days. Yeah, it's it's really, really tough. There is. And and just today I got an email from somebody who was questioning some reporting and it really came in his point from a uh, ideological standpoint. He thought I was hyping something up. And uh, so I checked it. He he said it was inaccurate and I checked it. I went back to listen to the uh, meeting tape again and I realized if anything, I was under selling it. I was Mm -hmm. kind of going soft on it. It was really a little bit more. Uh, against the way that this guy wished I had reported it. <laughs> so. That's another thing that I think um, I think people would be really surprised to know about newsrooms is how much we actually look at, read the comments, internalize the feedback that we get, um, you know, and really do examine, you know, the 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 reporting. Is that Stacy? You're nodding along now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a nodder. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And I think if people could sit into our editorial meetings to realize, you know, how we talk about stories, the the classic: make sure you get both sides, make sure you're getting the full picture. To again, 
lay it out for people, then they can decide. It's not up to us to decide. You know, and I think there's a, a feeling of some people in the community that uh, most reporters are partisan in some way, and most reporters try their hardest not to be partisan. I think one of the big strengths we have at Lakeland now is that we do have a reputation for being impartial in our coverage and trying to cover all sides. And I think that's true of pretty much every other reporter I know in the community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one of the things, uh, again, that I liked about having, like, these you know, these organizations sitting around this table today discussing this is that we all have this approach to journalism that puts public service kind of at the core of it, you know, and the, you know, essentially the, the revenue streams are essentially secondary to that, um, you know, and I think that that makes for a very different approach to journalism. All right. So I, I'm going to ask, what is, what's your favorite story that you've covered here in Lakeland? Then do you have one? <laughs> well, I'm unlike these two. Okay. I'm not going out and collecting That's news. True. That's I, true. I'm just uh, compiling or, news. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm sure Stacy has a favorite oh, story. I don't know. Barry, you go first. <laughs> I don't know if this is a favorite story. It's something that I identified early on that became a really big story. And that was uh, one of the very first city commission meetings I covered in 2015 older woman from Lake, uh, Lake who lived right off of Lake Morton came and she told the commissioners they needed to do something about that monument downtown. She thought it was embarrassing to have it here. And the commissioners kind of backpedaled, didn't really say a lot, but I did an audio story. So this kind of germane to, to both of you. I basically took some tape of what everybody said and put it together in one SoundCloud, um, tape i had audio of everybody and quoted them and just sort of like got it on the record and uh took a couple of years but she kept coming back about once a year and at some point some of the commissioners started taking up the cause and it ended up with the moving of the monument so i don't know if that's a favorite story but it is is one that i got in on early and it became a, a pretty big movement in the community mm-hmm. And Stacey, do you have a, an impactful story well, that you've I, covered? I, I hate to use the word favorite for this, but the one that came okay. to mind. Yeah, so I'm changing it to impactful then. <laughs> yeah, well, just, I, I don't know if it's the biggest story or the most tragic, but the, the North Lakeland yeah. um, shooting uh, this summer. Uh, yeah. Um, that was one, you have cases in your mind that will stick with you, mm. and that's one that will stick with me, having to cover that for the whole week and knowing what those people went through. There was a right. quadruple homicide and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that must be very, very that hard happens to cover when you When you go to a scene like that, uh, uh, this happened in 1999. A woman um, burned down her trailer uh, on the north side and with her children in it. Mm. And uh, that was uh, really mm. a very Im- impactful story for me. Um, one re- reason is one of the kids who died went to school with my son. So, Again, you know, part of the community. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So... Some stories will stick with you. Yeah, Mm. I can imagine. One story that comes to mind for me is one that uh, Allison Gwynn did for Lakeland Now, and it was really probably, in my mind, the best investigative story we've done, and that was when she wrote about the effect of an organization called Lakeland First on city politics. And, you know, nobody had really talked about this organization very much before, and we were able to demonstrate that they literally, this one group of about five or six people, were able to double the amount of uh, campaign contributions that one city commission candidate had, and the fact that 
again, the same small organization at that time was responsible for getting five people elected to the city commission. It was pretty impactful reporting. Mm-hmm. And he actually talked to one of the uh, candidates who had lost, who had the support of Lakeland first until they, they uh, drew it away. So he knew what we knew what they had promised this this uh, uh, candidate, and it came to pass that her opponent ended up getting that largesse. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, her opponent was the one that was elected. Right. Yeah, yes. Exactly. The one who was supported by Lakeland first. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. That was a very good piece of, of journalism. Again, I'm biased, however, but I'm a jur- I'm not the journalist, so I can I can be biased. Um, so, all right. Well, we've talked a lot about kind of the changes that you that you've seen in local news, but especially for Barry and Len, who've been here for so long, but uh, but Stacy too. What are the changes that you're actually seeing, like in the Lakeland community? I mean, as you're part of the community, you're out and about, and you're you know obviously Lakeland is growing and it's changing. Um, you know, are there things that you're noticing when you're out? Oh yeah. Well, I think the growth is the, is the biggest thing. I mean, the yesterday's uh, story, uh, that, uh, Barry covered about the new, I guess it's going to be residents and commercial over there mm-hmm. on, on, right. on uh, Kathleen Sykes area uh, across from, uh, the, the new, uh, Bonnet Springs park, uh, things like that, that are just going to pop up and yeah. you're going to be like, where did that come from? You know? Yeah, for me, it's along the same lines. One of the reasons that I was interested in starting Lakeland now was that I was just detecting a lot of uh, energy in the community, a lot of entrepreneurial energy, particularly among young people. So there are a lot of lifestyle businesses getting started, and that was interesting. And uh, now we see a lot of larger developments like the uh, Lake Wire development that that Lynn mentioned, it's really interesting to see the comments that we get on Facebook about those. Uh, People are really divided. They either welcome the growth and see it as economic opportunity, or they just don't want it because the roads are going to get clogged and they don't want to be like Tampa or Orlando. So um, see a lot lot more division over some of those big projects than, than, than I would imagine. This building right out here, out mm-hmm. the window, summit, uh, the summit building has gotten a lot of controversy for the same reasons. I mean, people, a lot of people complain they don't think like the view, uh, uh, the way it changes the view of the uh, the promenade mm-hmm. now. But a lot of people just don't like the fact that it looks like a bigger city. It makes us look a little bit more metropolitan, and they don't want the growth. Mm-hmm. And Stacy, are you seeing just in the in the time that you've been here? Are you seeing changes in the community, or, or actually, you bring fresh eyes to this community? <laughs> and so, what are your impressions right now? Well, I think it's an underrated community. I always tell people when I say Lakeland, I say it's between these two awesome cities. It's a fantastic place place to live. But I mean, I live. I work with a photographer who's worked in Polk County since the '90s, and he talks about the growth too you know, how different it, it is now than it was when he first moved here. Great. And I think I have one last question, and that's the thing, I guess what I want to ask um, is, is there a story that you think is being underreported in Lakeland right now that you wish you had more resources, you know, um, more ability to cover and really explore? I'll just answer it quickly. I think affordable housing is a really big story that we do haven't had the resources to cover and I'd like to do more. It affects a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, more this summer, but I, I think with the COVID-19 pandemic, we tried to get people to understand what was happening at the hospital mm-hmm. and we just getting people to take that serious, I, you know, and getting rid of the vaccine misinformation and all those things, depoliticizing that. I don't know if that answers your question, but that is what came to mind for me is the pandemic and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pandemic, uh, when this first started, um, I, I said on the show, I said, this is something that we're going to have to forget about our differences. We're going to have to be on the same team to fight against this. And then almost immediately after I said that, that the country was divided, <laughs> the vaccine's fake, there's no pandemic, you know, all of this uh, uh, stuff coming out, you know, way even way before there was a vaccine, uh, you know, just the division, uh, the division that people have, uh, I guess, is really, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And it I was deadly. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. people died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> sorry to end on that note. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, try, I'm trying to, now. <laughs> I'm trying to find something, you know, to, to close the show with that's a little bit, that's a little bit happy and a little bit like, you know, on the brighter side of things. Subscribe to local news sources, we watch are, local news. We're continuing to inform the community about things that are important to their lives. I think that is very true. So I want to I want to thank you all for being here, um, and I hope this has been a useful discussion for the listeners and the viewers about what it takes to be a newsmaker, a local newsmaker, and kind of a little view of how that sausage gets made. I want to thank you for tuning in to Listen Lakeland. Your feedback is valued, and we encourage you to head over to www.lakelandvision.org to participate in our monthly survey related to this show's topic. Thank you. Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications. Truly a community working together to keep you informed on the many things that make Lakeland such an amazing city. Thank you for being with us.